Welcome back to Onward, an interview series with Scott Sherrard. Hi, I'm Greg Thompson. In this segment, recorded on-site in Muscle Shoals, Scott talks about the state of the music business and making albums. We also discuss the decision Scott and his management team made to use the crowdfunding platform Pledge Music to finance the recording of his new album at Fame Studios and in a landmark studio in the Memphis area as well. I want to talk a little bit about your decision to explore producing the album through a crowdfunding. It stands out and the music business or the business of music, especially recording, seems to be getting tougher by the day. I know all kind of technology out there where we can record, but to go and take on this enterprise where you're not only recording, but you're recording in Fame Studios and in Memphis too. Tell me a little bit about that process of uh, the decision to do the crowdfunding and the response you've got from it has been incredible. Yeah, I mean, what choice do we have now? The record business is over. So basically what we're moving into is we have to embrace new models to make change. And this is no different, by the way, than what Sam Phillips and Barry Gordy and you know all these sort of mom and pop record shops with recording studios did back in the day. Or even Rick Hall. Back. Rick Hall, exactly. Back, yeah. It's all the same. They were all small shops. They were trying to get regional radio hits. Mm-hmm. A lot of their artists ended up on the Chitlin circuit. You know, it wasn't until like a label like Stax, which was, you know, a record store with a studio in it, and Atlantic came in, heard some hits, and then they came in and took it over and kind of sort of pseudo-corporatized it back then. I think that we've got to just embrace different avenues now because there is no patronage in the corporate record system anymore. It is completely gone. The store has been sold and or burned down, depending on who you're talking about. Because all the record executives, they signed the death warrant on the record industry when they did the Spotify deal. When the, the big CEOs at record labels took basically insider stock options from Spotify to sign a deal to fuck all the artists on their royalty rates. Mm-hmm. That was the final FU to artists from the record business. Good luck, see you later. So can we blame them? I mean, a little bit. Yeah. The 90s, going into 2000, they were patting their wallets, doing the boy band thing, if you, if anyone remembers that. The sync sort of mm-hmm. like Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears era. That was when they decided to sue their customers, not embrace technology, not embrace creative people. And instead of taking a $2 million off Britney Spears' budget and funding five records for someone who's creative, they just went and bought a couple houses and they'd be just as happy selling video games at that time. I mean, it gets down to corporate greed again. Yeah. So basically, that's what happened to our business. Now, how do we move forward? The Pledge thing, I don't know if you've noticed, but even on Pledge Music, which is the platform we're using, there are substantial artists who had hit records on there funding records right now. Mm-hmm. I just saw one the other day. It was Katie, KT Tunstall. She had two like top 10 American radio hits mm-hmm. in the early 2000s. T- tons of licensing deals. I mean, she must have become a millionaire off of all that, but she is Pledge Music funding her next record. We're in good company in terms of what's happened to the industry. Can anybody make money off records again? Probably not. Where does music go? My opinion, and some people may not like it, I think we've seen the end of rock stardom for sure in terms of the drums, bass, guitar, keyboards, bass band. I think that rock and roll is gonna become jazz and classical music essentially. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's all gonna probably, from a profit motive aspect, every artist is gonna have to become a educator as well as a performer. 
like you see in classical music. Yeah. And now you're doing that right now. You've got guitar lessons going. You've, you've got Absolutely. a lot of different things happening. That's my whole, uh, my whole thing is, first of all, it's all about direct-to-fan. Mm-hmm. That's my whole principle. Like, we are bonded. There is no arbiter. There is yeah. no in-between. I'm going to make it. You're going to help. And I will do my best to connect at all levels which includes music education it includes you know different types of fan interaction that we've never seen before the transparency though of in getting your fans involved in this to see it happen at this level of the funding that you've had so far has got to be very rewarding and 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 going back to something that Dwayne Allman I think he said at one time he said the artists make albums for their fans and that's really kind of what's happening. Oh, yeah. And also, Dwayne uh, was a huge fan of the, the Grateful Dead organization right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you that if, if we had been lucky enough to see him survive, they would have gone fully into that. They would have owned their own PA. They would have had their own label way before everybody else because he was on top of that shit. Yeah. He was really on top of it. you know. And I think that you would see that and of course you know the Grateful Dead their business model has become the successful business model of every band we see now that's autonomous of course String Cheese Incident is one of them mm-hmm. you know who we referenced before I mean I think that their business is a phenomenal business mm-hmm. and I think they built on the business side of their music they built on the sort of the Dave Matthews fish I guess mm-hmm. they carried the torch for a sure. while in the 90s you know they've built really well on getting this architecture and you can feel it when you're around their organization that level of trust together at every level mm-hmm. and i think that that's it's a great time to build something like that so when you envision this i, I love the title of this manhattan muscle shoals to memphis yeah. an epic journey tell me kind of how you concepted this and set your sights on two of the most famous studios in the world. Because again, you know, you could crowdfund an album and you could go pick a decent studio, but you've picked the top of the line, tradition laden places. And so how did you concept it? Well, as long as we're talking about the architecture of the whole thing, I mean, my buddy and business partner and manager, Jesse Guillermo, I don't think I'd be doing any of this without him. I mean, he's helped me pull all these things together. Uh, He put the pledge campaign together. He came up with the title of the pledge campaign. Based on all our conversations, we're constantly talking. We have a real uh, strong creative bond as well that sort of merges the art and commerce aspect. You know, we always talk about Ahmed Erdogan and and -hmm. people like that who are, you know, really pioneers of this uh, relationship. And I think that that's sort of the foundational principle of what this whole pledge campaign is about. As for the relationships with Fame Studios and the going to Electrophonic Studios in Memphis, it all in a way comes out of my time in the Greg Allman band. I met Scott Bomar a couple years ago, who's the producer on this project with me. We're co-producing it. Scott Electrophonic is his studio in Memphis, and I met him through Mark Franklin, my buddy who plays trumpet in the Greg Allman band. They have a band together out of Memphis called the Bo Keys, and when I heard that band, I, it was like life-changing for me. They're one of my favorite bands. The drummer for the band is Howard Grimes, who's the original High Records drummer. He's the drummer on Al Green's Love and Happiness, <laughs> Syl Johnson, and Peebles, Otis Clay. These records that I've loved since I was a kid, mm-hmm. and of course the bass player and organ player are Leroy and Charles Hodges, So basically those guys kind of sucked me into this Memphis thing. And I I should also mention my my good buddy Art Edmiston, who's sax player for for Greg Allman Band and also plays with the Bo Keys. So Art and Mark kind of sucked me into this Memphis world. 
that I've loved so much since I was a little kid. I mean, you know, those those records are the absolute perfect records to me. It started with that, and then of course, you know, meeting Scott Bomar and really hitting it off, and then it became this conversation that went on the this kind of waiting for Godot scenario of like, when are you coming to Memphis, man, to make your record with Howard Grimes and the Hodges brothers? And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Steve Potts, Greg Allman's drummer, who also works with these guys all the time. He's a, a Memphian as well, and Steve is also going to play on my record by the way on a couple tracks and I love Steve man I've been working with Steve the whole time I've been in the Greg Allman band and he's just beautiful so they're just incredible guys Mm -hmm. and some of my favorite musicians so that was the original thing the fame studios thing came in also in kind of a sneaky way a couple years ago I was asked to participate in the Muscle Shoals documentary release party in New York City Greg Allman was there singing so I came and played guitar, and it was like Patterson Hood, David Hood, Spooner Oldham, and Jimmy Johnson. So, you know, once I met those guys there, we kind of hit it off that day and had a lot of fun. And they said, man, you should come to fame and make a record. And they were telling Greg. So that was also kind of a thing of like, is he ever going to come? And then, of course, when Greg came, he brought his, his live band. So those guys didn't participate in playing on the record, but they came by and said hi. So when I was there this last year at fame making Greg's album, they came by and said hi. And I said, man... Wouldn't it be something else if I could make a record here? And then it all came together when Scott Bomar and I got serious about it, the pledge campaign thing, and Jesse was helping, and we were getting the whole thing together. I said to Bomar, I said, well, what do you think about doing it in Muscle Shoals and Memphis? And he's like, wow, that's ambitious, but maybe we can pull it off. And I said, well, it turns out Bomar knows David and Spooner and has relationships with all these people too. So that was the glue yeah. that really pulled it together. But without Bomar and Jesse, you know, we wouldn't be able to pull it together at all. Thanks for joining us for Onward, an interview series with Scott Sherrard. There's more from my conversation with Scott in our other segments. To find out the latest on what's happening with Scott, please please visit his website, scottsherrard.com. To hear and see other work from my catalog, please visit missingwordsolutions.com.